Welcome to the Dick Schroeder Podcast. Dick draws his teaching from a deep well of love for the Bible and 50 years of strategic ministry among university students. Enjoy this episode and remember, your Father in Heaven loves you. Let's begin by asking if there's any questions or uh, comments, observations that you'd like to make before we... We're continuing on the armor of God today, but if there's any questions, I'd be happy to discuss those. So yesterday, um, Just, go ahead. Yesterday, um, that's right. That's right. Um, let me just paraphrase what what you said. Um, she said, "Not only does God want to, or not only does Satan want to um, try to um, uh, draw us away from fellowship with God, but He also would try to trap us." Into into doing things that, that will that will cause sin and, and a further separation and an alienation between us and God and between relationships. Satan is the enemy of relationships. Satan does everything he can to cloud and, and bring schisms and um, all kinds of things that break people apart into into factions. He is the author of that kind of thing because that's the way he is. Any any was yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Most of the times when we rebuke Satan, Satan doesn't even know who we are. He's too busy masterminding his kingdom. Uh, you have to rise to a considerable spiritual stature before Satan even takes notice of you. But his underlings certainly do. And there's probably a couple of demons that are assigned each one of us to try to harass us and tempt us and follow us up. That's probably the reality in the spiritual world. Again, we don't need to fear that because we have the victory in Christ. And see, the enemy can only get away with in your life with what you let him. His tools are, are deception, lies. He tries to twist things. And we've got the truth, the word of God at our disposal. And as we hide that in our hearts, we're able to refute the lies of the enemy. So we're able to send him defeated. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Yes. 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 Uh, the, the principle of the law of sowing and reaping. When we sow a certain kind of seed, we get a harvest back from that. When a person involves themselves in occult things, whether it's by ignorance or by design, you are trespassing on the enemy's territory. It's like in the war, you know, if you get caught behind enemy lines and you tell them, oh, I didn't know this was, you know, I didn't know I was behind enemy lines. Excuse me, I'll just go back. You know, they go tough luck buster and they haul you off to POW camp. That's the way it is with Satan. When we violate... God gives some very specific scriptural guidelines, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, about not not giving heed to seducing spirits, not giving heed to the things of the occult. There is a payday always for involving yourself in the occult. And so, yes, a person that has involved themselves in in um, the the whole, the whole thing of the occult can have bondages in their lives that makes it very difficult for them to come to the Lord. Let me give you some examples. Minister to a, a fellow who um, had come to the Lord. He was a Christian. 
but he had a very difficult time reading and comprehending the word of God. And he would sit down to read and to study God's word, and he would find all kinds of harassment. And this went on and on, was went on for many months in his life. And finally, he, he just said, I got to get some help with this. This is just really bizarre. Every time I sit down to read, there, it's like I, I have trouble controlling my mind. Anytime you talk to people or ministering to people and they do things by compulsion or they're driven, that's a good sign that there's demonic activity. And again, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from the stereotype of that person has a demon. Because to be honest with you, I'm not sure where the limits are. I'm not sure whether it's oppression of the enemy, whether it's outright possession. It's, I think we're dealing with, with, um, with spiritual realities that are very difficult to define, very difficult to characterize. And I, and I, and I think that, that any person that opens their life to the workings of the enemy can be harassed in that particular area. And that's true of non-Christians, and it's true of Christians. And so if there is, if there is suspected that there's demonic harassment in a person's life, then we need to find out why that's there. It's more than just this, this um, breaking that in the name of Jesus. There ha- we have to find the reason why the enemy has gotten into their life and, and what, has, what, has, what, is, what is his ground for getting in a person's life. Um, going back to the question of the occult, this, this fellow who had trouble reading the word found that he had been um, involved in Ouija boards and that sort of thing and had had considerable number of, of spiritual experiences in the occult. So he had never openly renounced that. So he confessed his sin before God, because according to Deuteronomy 18, there's um, that's against it's forbidden against God's law. So he confessed his sin before the Lord. He asked God to forgive him. He received the cleansing and forgiveness of the Lord. And then we stood against whatever powers had had entered into his life. And we rebuked him in the name of Jesus. And something was broken in his life. And from then on, he could read the word of God and he began to receive a whole new dimension of revelation from God's word. And it uh, seems that, uh, that witchcraft especially, things, things having to do with witchcraft, can really bind a person up from, from, from really studying and laying hold of God's word. See, I, I, I think it's too simplistic to, to presuppose that when a person becomes a Christian, everything is taken care of. See, it, it's not that simple. When, when, when we become a Christian, certainly we are bought with the blood of Jesus. God wipes our slate clean and he holds nothing against us. And we are on our way to heaven. There's no question about that. But see, the, the transformation of my inward man does not happen instantly. Did it with you? Certainly did not with me. I've been working and grinding out things for 13 years in my Christian life. I'm still working at gaining victory, becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus. And see, because of those those old habit patterns, if the enemy had some inroads in our lives before we knew the Lord, then he, he may well have some access into our lives. Not in the sense that he owns us. Not at all, because Jesus owns us. He's bought us by his blood. But when, but, but when there's wrong thought patterns, when there's sinful habits, see, the enemy can... can can get his licks in at us. See, he can he can tempt us. He can influence us to do what is wrong. And probably, as as I look back in my life, I see where I'm influenced 
and have been influenced a lot more by the enemy than I I ever realized. Say, and and I and I think that that sometimes we as Christians really freak out when we start talking about demons and the whole question that is uh, that's that's been a real controversial question for the last fifteen years. Can a Christian have a demon? I think it takes our eyes off the real issues of ministering to people. I want people to be free, don't you? Man, I want my brothers and sisters to be free. And to be very honest with you, I've dealt with demonic power in the lives of my brothers and sisters. Outright stuff that has had their lives bound. And they've struggled against it and done everything they've known how and not been able to get free. And it's required um, a coming against the powers of darkness in their lives. And, 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 and along with that, their repentance and their getting that part of their life cleaned up and closing the door so that the enemy doesn't have access into their lives anymore. The occult is one of those such things. If you have not actively renounced any involvement in the occult, you need to do that. Minister to a guy who had been very high and very well, he'd gotten really involved in this kind of thing. And, and he had a glorious transformation, was born again and was following the Lord. But there was a lot of harassment in his life. And see the, see, the law of sowing and reaping, if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, don't you? If you sow seeds to the enemy, you're going to reap for a period of time. So there's going to be a period of reaping, even as a Christian, where God is going to be working those things out of your life. But there, 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 there will be some probably some harassment and things that you're going to have to overcome and, and work through to the total victory. And as, as we, we ministered to this guy one night and, and he burnt all of his occult literature, he had a bunch of occult literature and paraphernalia that go along with that. And he poured gasoline on that and set it on fire. And <laughs> this is what literally happened. We lit that thing on fire and fire leaped out and, and caught and, and leaped onto the telephone pole and was heading towards his house. It was, you know, it was, it was a supernatural demonstration of demonic power. And we rebuked it in the name of Jesus and it went back and stopped. Yeah, I mean I, I, that was a that was a very uh, awesome experience. And I haven't had a lot of those, but I've seen that kind of thing happen. So I know that that stuff's real. But the important thing to remember is that we have power over that. See, the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. That's John eight forty four. Yeah, he's the father of lies, and that's all he can do is lie. And that's one thing we, 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 we need to have our respect for the powers of darkness, but we need not be afraid of them. We need not be afraid of them. And, and all, all of you realize with the breakdown of the family, with the rise and acceptance of occult things in our society, with the tremendous rise of sexual abuse, that is opening the doors for all kinds of demonic harassment in people's lives. And we're just dealing with a lot more harassment in people's lives today. You know, people that give themselves over to large amounts of rock music. Many times there's inroads that the enemy can make. Now, if you listen to rock music, it doesn't mean you have a demon. But there can be harassment that can result from that. And see, the, see the less whole that we are as people... The more opportunity the enemy has, remember, he's the one who buffets. And when you're bruised in an area, he buffets that. He takes advantage of that. And unfortunately, sometimes we receive wounds 
in our early years of growing up from our or even a brother or a sister. And those, those wounds are very painful. And, and Satan exploits those. Passing us with that thing. It's like the, the, the thing of... of rejection and I believed it so I just kept believing these things of rejection until I became a Christian and I started first of all sensing real love from brothers and sisters and then secondly I started thinking that these are lies you know just because a guy looks at me wrong doesn't mean he rejects me and I started realizing how how irrational the whole thing was but see it wasn't just my own mind see there was the enemy which was influencing with thoughts and with well accusations and lies. And I had to stand up and finally realize that and start resisting it and say, no, I reject that. I reject that. I don't believe that fellow is rejecting me, see. And I would initiate relationship and do things to counteract that. That is a lot of what of the battle, see, that, we, that, that, that we're going to have to overcome as Christians. And the more effective that you want to be in the kingdom of God, the more your identity is going to be, it's going to be challenged by the devil. See, the devil's going to go after your sense of self-worth, your confidence in the Lord. He, 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 he's always wanting to take shots at you in those areas. And with every, with every increase of us, uh, every increasing step of faith, there comes a new character and, and, and in a sense, an identity test in your life. You know, the, how many of you know the more public you become, the more temptation there is to pride? Obviously, and the more temptation, see, there is to begin protecting your, red, your your reputation. You have more at stake when you become more publicly known. And, and if you react in pride, see, then the enemy can get a foothold into your life or cower you back because of fear. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. And when we live our lives to please people, it's, we, we, it's, it makes it really difficult to please God. Galatians in Galatians, Paul tells us that if I'm a man pleaser, I can't serve God. I can't please God. I'm going to have to please one or the other. And those kinds of issues become very, very important the more public your life becomes. Imagine the, imagine the spiritual pressure that Billy Graham is under. This guy's got a worldwide ministry. You know, probably half the people in the world know who he is. Imagine the pressure that his life comes under because if the enemy could get him to stumble and slip. See that would the reproach that would bring to the worldwide cause of Christ. What if Billy Graham divorced his wife? You know, what if Billy Graham was found in some kind of homosexual thing? We might see what would it would do. It would shatter all of us. And so that that kind of pressure is, is on that man. And it's a credit to the glory of God that Billy Graham has ministered for thirty or forty years. He has no financial misdealings. He's got a staff of dedicated and long-term committed people that, that affirm his goodness and righteousness. And the man is a pillar. He's a tremendous man of God. And he, he's been through the fire. Satan has tested that man and sifted him. And he's come through as gold refined in the fire. But see, there's a tremendous price that none of us will understand until we get more public exposure, the kind of cost that a man like that pays 
and the kind of pressure that is upon his life. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't say that to scare anybody, but we've got to face reality, the reality of the spiritual battle that we're in today. Do you have a comment or question? I have a question. Um, how did Satan come about? Okay. The question is, how did Satan come about? The uh, kind of the orthodox view from Scripture, and this is the one that I hold personally, is that in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, we find two prophecies. These primarily refer to earthly kings, but in a secondary way, I believe they prophetically speak of what happened it, uh, long ago with the fall of Lucifer. Lucifer was one of the three main archangels, Michael and Gabriel and Lucifer were, were the three main ruling angels in heaven. Michael and Gabriel are still spoken of in the scripture. Lucifer apparently was in charge of worship, and he was a very magnificent and beautiful being. And it says in Isaiah 14 that at some point, Lucifer began to look at his beauty. He began to think that, well, God is great, but I deserve some worship. And, and this whole thing of pride entered into his heart, and he... He uh, thought of the fact that he wanted to be God and he plotted a rebellion against God. And when that rebellion materialized, a third of the angels went with him. And that's where the powers of darkness come from today. And it was a moral separate. It was a moral fall. And so he lost all of his characteristics of goodness and love and wisdom. And they became perverted into all the, the negative things, all of the evil things that the scripture describes. From then on, he was a, a, an antagonist to God, not an arch rival, but he's an antagonist and he sought to um, frustrate, he sought to hinder, and he, he seeks to, um, to combat anything that God does. And apparently, it's, it's not real definite from scripture, but apparently this, this fall of Lucifer may have taken place even before the Garden of Eden, even before man and the earth was created. Um, there's, it's, it's not definitive in scripture. But I think it's it's pretty clear that this this right yeah so because he came in the form of the serpent whether the fall took place after Adam and Eve were created and then, so we just don't know the scripture just doesn't say but somewhere back there he was created Tom what's interesting about the the angels have a free will in that situation Lucifer had the, the, you know, he could choose to glorify God or to glorify himself. And I think that's something we'll see as we rise to heaven that will still retain our freedom. Yes. <laughs> that's right. And see, the, the angels and the demons had a one-time choice to make. Those that went with Satan, it's like God said, choose this day, and whatever you choose, you, you will live with the consequences forever. And so all the demon or all the angels under Satan, they went with him and see, immediately that the moral change took place and it, what was good became evil in them. And, and Satan did not lose his abilities of power. He didn't lose his, his abilities of wisdom, but they became perverted. And now instead of using them for good, he uses all of his power and abilities for evil. And see, all the, the two-thirds of the angels, they stayed with God. They didn't want to rebel. And so, see, they still are loyal to God. That's one of the that's really a neat thought to contemplate is that you know for thousands of years the angels have been serving God and they delight to serve Jesus. You know, they're not see, see, God's kingdom is one of love 
and trust. Satan's kingdom is one of threat and bribe. He dominates people and forces them or bribes them to do what he wants them to do. And by the way, that's the way the world system works. It's by threat or bribe. Either, see, the world system bribes you through money or reputation or prestige to get something, or you get bribed, you know. Somehow there's or, or, or there's a threat. If you don't this, you're going to be a social outcast or, you know, you're going to be in some kind of negative position. That's the way the world operates. But God works on the basis of love and trust. And because the angels love and trust God, they willingly do his will. And they've been doing it for thousands of years. And they enjoy doing the will of God. They're running errands all of the time in, uh, in, in intervening in the lives of people. We all have a guardian angel. God is, is continually sending angels to, as ministers of good around the world, even to non-Christians, even to the wicked. God is so good and gracious that he helps the wicked, see? That's so hard for us to understand. But see, the angels, they're still busy. And what are the powers of darkness doing? See, they're working, trying to subvert, trying to pervert, trying to mess up everything that God is doing. Okay, any other comments or questions? Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, I, I think it was some point in high school studying the honor of God and all that, that you cannot, well, not, it's not you cannot, but to run the men of that time during their honor. Mm-hmm. And really, in the end, if you want to run the race, you have to make an answer to run that race. Yes. Yes, good observation. Girding your loins, you know, they used to have long skirt kind of things. And and when they went to work or would run, they just rolled them up and and put their belt on so their legs were free to to move and to work. So if you were to run a race, you'd, you'd of course, lift your skirt up and away you'd go. So it wouldn't wouldn't get in the way, you know. (laughs) So good observation. Okay, let's continue today. One more. Yes. I th- well, I think they they're they're in a little they come at a different little place because when you involve yourself in witchcraft, you're you're calling on evil spirits to to do har- harmful things to other people. See, you're seeking to manipulate when you get involved in witchcraft. So you're you're trying to use forces to manipulate other people try, through intimidation through fear, through power tripping. That's what witchcraft is all about. When, when a person gets involved in drugs, they are entering into the spiritual world, but you are communing with demons. See, some of the blocks that God has naturally put in our, in our, in our beings that, that, uh, that holds back the spiritual world. See, we're not, we, we can't look into the spiritual world uh, unless um, we do it through the occult, or we do it through uh, through being a Christian and go God's way. And drugs is kind of a counterfeit way to get into the spiritual realm. That's that's one reason why they're so popular. And you and people have real experiences on drugs. But what they're experiencing is the demonic world. And the more you experience that, see, the more you're getting you're you're bonding in with that world, and the more you're being seduced. See, the more you fiddle with that stuff, 
the more you're losing your free will, the more the enemy's putting you in bondage, wrapping chains around you, and 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 see, he's 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 getting you ready to to possess you. And, uh, and drugs drugs get are involved in the same kind of manipulative powers that witchcraft. I don't know that I can uh, understand the full working of it. I just know the source of it. Yes, yes. Um, her comment was that there's a, there's a lot of drugs used in occult rituals as well as sex. And yeah, that would. Yes. Um, when you said that Well, yeah, it, the, the biblical stand is see any use of supernatural power apart from the lordship of Christ will ultimately be dis, will, will ultimately be destructive. Now, see, Satan, it says Satan comes as an angel of light. Satan may may do something good in order to ensnare someone to the ultimate end of destroying their lives. And that's what see, that's this thing about good and um, white and black magic is. Is, is really a deceptive thing because ultimately what begins as good will very quickly be perverted. And see, what one of us in our fallen state can do good, especially when we're tempted with the awesome temptations of pride and domination. See, see, see Satan wants to dominate people. Demons want to dominate people. And when we're selfish, isn't that what we want to do? So we make it nice and sophisticated, but see, we want to be boss. We want to influence others. We want others to do things our way. We want to call the shots. And see, that's demonic to the core. And, and see, who, what human being can be trusted to do good? You know, because all of us are, are desperately wicked inside. All of us have the potential for doing all kinds of evil, especially if given the opportunity. Most of us never get the opportunity, say. But what if the opportunity to, to, to exert um ungodly kinds of control over people were to present itself. Talk to a man who was, in fact, he's a pastor up in this area. He was for a number of years into the occult, became a Christian, and, and God began to deal in his life, cleansing his life, and he had a lot of harassment. He was so deeply into this thing that, that spiritual beings would come to him at night, and, and they, would, they, would, they would woo him back and say, we miss you. Come back with us. And he would say, no, in the name of Jesus. And then they, they, would, they would try to seduce him and bribe him by saying, we'll give you more power than you ever had. It's really incredible. And he would just, he stood against it and just kept praying and crying out to the Lord and resisting the enemy. And it finally came to the, these beings kept coming back. And then they got more antagonistic. And then they started telling him that they were going to destroy him. They were telling him that we're going to get you in a car wreck. We're going to do this. Now, remember, see, they're liars, but there, but there's the power of fear. How many of you felt the power of fear sometimes? You know how real that thing is, you know, and that's what that's the kind of attack that came. It's a spirit. 
That's exactly right. And that spirit, that see, the thing was harassing him. And he went on an extended period of fasting before that was actually broken. And, and at the end of this time, he was with uh, his family, who are all Christians, and his father-in-law has been a pastor in India for, for a number of years. And he felt one of these attacks coming on when they were just talking. And so he excused himself and went into the bedroom. And this, this old pastor, he just immediately sensed what was going on. And so they, they went to prayer in the front room. And a manifestation of Satan himself came to him. And he had had several of these happen, manifestations of, of Satan um, happen before he was a Christian. And that's what scared him is when this started happening. And that's when he said, man, I don't want into this. See? But he was already so into it, see, that the enemy still was permitted to harass him. And the, the, the devil, or what, what he figures was the devil came to him and, 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 and told him, he says, I have groomed you for years. You are mine. And he said, he, all he would do is call on the name of Jesus. That's all he would do. And, and he said that this being would, would kind of go like this. And he said, I felt my mind was going to be sucked out of my head. He said that that was the kind of pressure that was being exerted. And he just, he, he would turn away and he just called upon Jesus. He wouldn't even talk to him. And, and finally, um, the devil, or this, whether it was the devil or not, anyway, he left and, and uttered some threats. And, it, and then, and this was after, during the time of this fast. And at the end of the time of fast, God came to him and, 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 and just revealed, revealed to this brother that he was free. And, and he's not been harassed anymore. See, that, that time of reaping ended, and now he's totally free. And, 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 he, and he has the total victory. So see, when we, get in, when we entangle ourselves in spiritual powers, there may well be a period where we're going to have to battle some things through. And a lot of people prayed for him. He didn't understand why all this was happening. But he worked it through, and, and God used it to strengthen. And, and now he's a, he's a tremendous man of God in this, in this part of the this part of Montana is a good man to see. Um, I, it was, a, it was a, uh, several weeks, several weeks. He prefers not to let that be known. It was, it was a good long time. But see, he was, this guy was really into it. It wasn't just a casual thing. Say, the more decided the involvement, then the more difficult it is to sever yourself. Now, that's in the, in the, in the area of occult things. How many of you today know that you've renounced all of the, the dealings of the occult? Let me see your hands. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you some, a scripture here to use on this. As a result of that, I've been plagued also by the knowledge of what the sheriff wants. The Satan trying to use that against me. And you just have to know that you don't need to be. Once Satan knows your eyes are open to that, he will attack you. You have to keep your eyes open. Or the way he takes, he will fight That's That's right. Yeah. That's why Peter says to be on the alert, be aware. Just got to be aware that, that we're in a battle. 
Let's look at Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 13. This is the primary Old Testament passage that deals with not getting involved in the occult. Deuteronomy 18, that's page 285, and verse 9. That's if you have the New American Standard, my edition. Verse 9. Start with verse 9 in Deuteronomy 18. Okay. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. Obviously, the people in the land were given to demonic worship. They were given over to idol worship and all kinds of occult rites. And God said, don't you get involved in them. And he says in verse 10, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. One who uses divination or one who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer. Or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. And so here comes the prohibition against any involvement in the occult. See, it is unlawful for us to seek supernatural information apart from Jesus. Any supernatural information that we need, we can get through the Lord. If we try to get it apart from Jesus, it comes from Satan, and it's always going to be deceptively used. See, we're going to be hooking up with his forces, and getting, getting out of his forces is like getting out of the mafia. You know, they don't let you go. And that's the way the demonic world is. It's a tough, tough bunch to get involved with. So we need to, if, if, if you have not taken a stand against these things, now you can say, well, maybe I've never, I don't read the horoscope. I don't do this. But you need to have a point in your life where you take God's side and you say, I renounce horoscopes. I renounce, uh, I'll give, in fact, I'll give you a whole list of things here that we need to renounce. And then, then we know we've stood on the Lord's side. See, then there's no question. I've drawn the line and I'm said, I will not involve myself in these things. And if I have in the past, even innocently, I I repent of that, Lord. I was in error and I'm sorry and I ask you forgiveness. And then I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus for any ground that he would have in my life. There comes that difference of gaining information to share with, say, a person in the it's good to have a background of what they're believing in and how they've twisted different words, say even the scripture, yes. to, to fit their own doctrine and their own religion. How does that gaining information or sharing with that kind of person differ than this type okay, of Okay, the, the spiritual information would be for you, okay? See, people go to fortune tellers, what do they want to know? What's going to happen to me? See, I have my palm read because I want to know what's going to happen to me. I, uh, I have astrological readings of the stars because I want to know what that's, what's that going to do for my life. See, that's what's illegal. Now, studying to, to, to become a better communicator of things of the occult, that's okay. As long as your heart's right, that you're not doing out of a morbid curiosity. Say, 
I, I, I want to know about this stuff because I'm really secretly interested. We've got to have the, the understanding in our hearts that this is detestable to God and it has no place in my life because I don't want the works of de- the devil in my life. I want to be solely sold out to Jesus. And I don't see that's the attitude you have to have. Okay. Let me give you a list of things here. First of all, is witchcraft. Magic. Now let me define magic as being supernatural magic, the kind of things where now you see it, now you don't, and, and it's all done by skillful, you know, you know, the kind of tricks that just it's it's the tricks of the hand, tricks of the eye. That's not occult. That's just that's just the hand is faster than the eye, or you know, you think the guy did something with the coin that he really didn't do. See, that whole thing is not demonic. Okay, so but magic that is demonically inspired, that is that is wrong. Playing with an Ouija board. How many of you know Ouija boards work? Yeah, they do. They do. There's a pastor in Salem, Oregon, name is Bob Cornwall. He was up to the uh, when he first started pastoring there, he came to the uh, Olamet University that's there. And some kids were there on spring bake and they were playing with an Ouija board and they heard somebody come in the building. And they asked the Ouija board who it was. And the Ouija board spelled out Bob Cornwall. So they came, he comes in and they said, oh, hi, Bob Cornwall. And, and Bob says, well, how do you know me? Because he was new in town. And he says, well, the Ouija board told us. And Bob Cornwall says, you want to see something else? He said, in the name of Jesus, into the fire. And the Ouija board supernaturally went off and burned in the fire, in the fireplace. <laughs> Hallelujah. And those kids were, whoa. <laughs> and he had a chance to preach to them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> seances. Seances are kind of, of satanic prayer meetings, just trying to contact the spiritual world. S E A N C E S. I'm not sure if that's right, but that's what my sheet says. Is that right? Clairvoyance. Does anybody know what clairvoyance is? Uh, that's levitation. Uh, clairvoyance. I'm not sure exactly. Ken, what is it? Um, clairvoyance is um, um, being able to see someone else's thoughts. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Having access to someone else's mind. Yes. Um, can I, I'm going to address that after I go through this list. Okay. She, she asked the question, what about for people where this kind of thing comes naturally? And, and I want to answer that after we go through this list. Mediums, mediums are just becoming a vehicle for the demonic world speaking to you. It's like when people try to consult the demonic world about someone who's died. All they're talking to is a demon who's impersonating the person. And the demonic world has enough information about the person that they think, oh, I'm talking to Grandma Susie, you know. And it's a whole thing's a counterfeit. And people think. Wow, because they knew that Grandma Susie had a diamond ring with a red mark on it. This must be real. See, the next thing, then they believe the next lie that, they, that, 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 that comes from the demonic world. And see, people are enslaved. And see, the devil knows just enough truth to make it seem credible. Yeah, it's like, it's like Dave Gable, I think was he talking about that all the, all the cults have enough sense of reality that people believe it. You know, it can't be totally wacko or people wouldn't believe it. The occult is just believable enough so people go into it, but then they get enslaved to it. 
Yes. Great. Exactly. That's a good observation. That's right. That's right. They think exactly. See, counterfeit. Realize this, you guys, that the devil can do nothing original. He has never created anything. All he's done is pervert what God has made. See, God makes sexuality. It's good. What does Satan do? Screws it up and perverts it. Makes a destructive thing. See, he can't. He takes takes God's spiritual gifts and turns them and perverts them. That's the only thing he can do is to mess up what God has made. He's never come up with an original idea yet. ESP, mind reading, which would be similar to clairvoyance, I guess. Fortune telling, any kind of fortune telling needs to be renounced and and rejected in the name of Jesus. Christian has no business going to a fortune teller. And and I've ministered to people that have gone to a fortune teller and something has changed in their life. And what has happened, see, the enemy has a foothold. Now, not everybody that goes to a fortune teller has that particular experience. I've ministered to people that have played with the Ouija board and nothing's happened in their lives. I've ministered to others where that some significant spiritual things have happened. So you never know. That's why you have to draw the line and you have to renounce any involvement that you know of and say, I'm standing on the Lord's side. That way the enemy doesn't have any kind of foothold. Palm reading is another one. Divination. Divination. And you'll have to help me with exactly what it is. I I don't know exactly. I suppose like water witching, you know, trying to find out where, where water is through that, that thing. That's kind of suspect to me. Tarot cards, that's a demonic set of cards, and it tells your future. T-A-R-O-T, tarot cards. And, of course, astrology and horoscopes, they go right along the same thing. Reincarnation, the lie of reincarnation. Hypnosis. Now, I don't think hypnosis is directly occult, but I believe that anytime you give your will to another person, you're giving something that's very sacred, the control of your personhood. And no one is worthy of, of having that except Jesus. And so I'm, I'm suspect of hypnosis. I'm, I'm just suspect of it. Do you have a question? That's it's not, I'm not saying it's occult, but I'm very suspect of it because of the long-term dependence that a person who goes under hypnosis develops a dependence on the one who puts them under. And I think that's dangerous. Yes. Good. 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 Levitation, which involves moving things around supernaturally, automatic handwriting, 
That's where people have this demonic gift just to write messages from the spirit world. Astral projection. Okay, levitation, automatic handwriting. And astral projection, that's soul travel where you you leave your body and go somewhere else and travel around. And any kind of occult literature. Yes. So we need to know, I think, too, in ourselves of what what do I need to stay away from? Say, I shouldn't be reading the horoscope, even if I just do it kind of innocently. I, I should give the enemy no place in my mind, even as small as that may seem. So I don't want to give any place in my mind to the enemy. Well, I'd like us to I'd like to stop right now and pray. And I, I want I want us to go through this list. And if you have been guilty of any of these things or have even just casually looked into it, I want you to renounce, first of all, repent of that because you disobeyed God's word when you did that. Even if you did it when you were younger and in ignorance, then I want you to ask Jesus to forgive you. And then I want you to resist the devil and, and break any power that that would have over your life in the name of Jesus. Okay? I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. We are on your side, Lord. And we reject Satan and his ways. Lord, forgive me for being involved in areas that are wrong. I ask you to forgive me. Then I just want you to confess of any of this list or, or there's probably others. Any things that you can remember that I, I, I looked at tarot cards one time. I just want you to confess that and say, Lord, that was wrong. And I ask you to forgive me. So you just make application to your own life. And if, and if you don't have anything, if you've never done these things, then you just say, Lord, I'm standing on your side. I reject all of these things in Jesus' name. So each one of you respond appropriately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. I want you to pray after me. Lord, I stand on your side. I renounce all the workings of Satan. In the name of Jesus. I reject all things having to do with Satan. And I reject their hold on my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you that I'm free by the blood of Jesus. I belong to Jesus. My mind belongs to him. And I love the Lord God. Amen. 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 That gives you a some keys in ministering to someone that has been in the occult. That's one of the things when I counsel people, it's one of the areas I talk to them about. And I just find out, what about the occult? And 
there's a high correlation between people that are having counseling, you know, just kinds of problems that they're wanting to get help with. And you find out somewhere in their past, they've been involved in the occult. You need to, we need to deal with these root problems. There's one other question that, that you asked. Some people seem to have a natural bent towards the supernatural. Like it seems to run in some families. And the Bible says that the sins of the parents are passed on to the children, to the third and the fourth generations. And we can be affected by our forefathers. And, and if they sinned and, and we're involved in the occult, there's a good probability that we're going to have a, a, a tendency toward that. See, there's already kind of a, a line, a hereditary that is being cultivated and groomed by the powers of darkness. And none of us, see, none of us know four generations back what our forefathers were involved in. But what we can do is, see, we can renounce that. We can renounce because we're under a new bloodline. We're under the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And even though my forefathers may have sinned, and even though there may be some tendencies in my life, um, abilities, occult abilities even that were passed on, I can reject those in the name of Jesus. Now I would say probably a person that, that um, is in that category knows and is aware of things that are happening in their life already. you know. But that happens to some people. And none of us know our ancestors that far back. So there can be some influences. If you run across that, you simply take a stand and you ask, you just declare that I am standing on the Lord's side. I want nothing to do with the realm of darkness and just reject any influence that would come on the basis of our ancestors' sins. And we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It's, it's cutting a cord of influence. Yes. You can't help but thinking about it once you have heard it and seeing how things are going and looking at well, you know, if they said what would going to happen, you know, just thinking about it and start um, messing up your life. What would you say to a person like that? How should they deal with that? How should they deal with trying to forget about it, trying to go through how it Yes. Um, this person, for those of you who didn't hear, this person has been told a fortune and is obviously a bad one. No. It's a good one. And and they see it beginning to unfold and, and they, they want to get their mind off of it. And what do they do? Uh, first of all, are they a Christian? Okay. We, we first of all need to reject any fortunes that come from Satan as being lies. Even if they may have elements of truth, I just need to reject the whole thing. It's a lie and it's a sham. Say, I'm not going to give attention to it. And I need to look to the Lord and say, God, you're the one who has the future in my hands. I, I trust you for your best in my life. See, you just don't give attention to it. We reject it as being lies. I do not give a place for it in my mind. And when I think about it, I just say, that is a lie. And I'm not going to believe a lie. I'm going to believe what Jesus says about me and my future. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You just you just say, I'm submitted to Jesus. I want his will to be done. Doesn't matter what Satan wants. And it, even if it happens, it you know, it may just be coincidence, you know. And if there was something evil prophesied, then then you just you can pray against that, you know, and, and reject that in the name of Jesus. See, again, the power of the enemy to, to seduce is in our minds. And it's as much credibility as we give it. That's the degree of control he has. See, once we, once we realize that this, it's, it's a lie and a sham, then he has no power over us. 
But see, when we think, oh, no, maybe, maybe there's something to this, you know, this, this fortune. And now two of the three things have come to pass. And, oh, no, the third thing's got to see. I'm giving place to it, aren't I? So I'm believing a lie. Okay. Someone else. Yes. It's, yeah. It's, okay. Um, there, this, what's your name? Sarah was telling that there are nurses now that can rub, lay hands on people and, and certain things happen and it seems to have a uh, supernatural quality or something operating that's beyond just giving someone a good back rub or rubbing them. I, I think it's really hard, you know, just to hear a story to discern, but I'm always really cautious. I wouldn't be too quick to call it demonic, but see anything that operates that doesn't give Jesus the glory, I would be really suspect of. And, and even if, See, even if it's good, but if it doesn't align itself with Jesus, see, then it has the potential of veering off and in, in, in deceiving people away from the truth and the reality. I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't I would be very careful not to accuse the person of being, you know, in the occult. I, I would I would just talk to them about the kingdom of God and, and try to learn how this thing operates and what's happening and just share the truth with them, you know. And ask, maybe even ask them, if this is of God, then just submit it to him. Say, Lord, if this is not from you, take it away. And, and just try to find out what's going on. Say, we need to be careful not to jump to conclusions in yeah. matters like this. I was, I was just talking to Jesus because I was, I was in San Juan. And there's a lot of uh, free things going on. And there's a lot of people that are going to be in San Juan. Yes. Oh boy, see that's yeah, Eastern, right? Yeah. Eastern. I sat down at the table with this kind of rap and one of the men that I worked with was just holding on to my arm and I thought maybe he was feeling his hand was really hot and he went off to do something else about five minutes later but the bruise was still on and I asked him about it. And then I talked to some other co workers, and they were everybody on the same page. We were saying, Yeah, see. See, that's, that can get really deceptive. Uh, you can see where that can lead. That, wow, see, my elbow is healed. Maybe their philosophy is true after all. You, you see where, where that can lead. I, I, again, I, I don't know the source of that. I, I, I really can't say for sure. But, it, but it, see, it's deceptive. And it's really kind of current to the kind of thinking that's going on today. 
you know, there's folks in Hawaii that walk over coals now. You know, there's that literally walk over coals. It's kind of a Hindu cult kind of thing. But it's 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 more and more becoming more exposed in our in, in the Western world. Yes, Ken. On the afternoon news on the new um, channel, um, there was a lady that wrote a book on um, different kind of stealth way to um, correct deficiencies in yourself. And um, um, it had to do with healings and everything. It wasn't scriptural at all, but it was a brand new published book. And it, um, something like that, uh, you know, is, is starting to, you know, take place. It looks like we're keeping Satan is is uh, multiplying on this earth quicker than the it, it's really starting to take hold now for what's coming in the next years. You know, it's it's really mushrooming, and that was not scripture at all. And and here it was, it was a great big book, and the ladies were just as interested as heaven. Yeah, yeah, yes. It says, doesn't it say in Revelation that these uh, different evil prophets will have signs and wonders and miracles? Yes, sir. So, yes, yeah. we can't just because they have appearance of goodness doesn't mean that they are good, they're leading in the wrong direction. Yes, one of the marks of the rise of the Antichrist is all kinds of false signs and wonders. And, and, and this whole holistic thing, the, the whole philosophy that's really come in the last 10 years, just spiritually, I'm really, boy, I'm just really, you know, just uh, discerning about it. I, 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 I get, I'm sensing a bad spirit about the whole thing. Like even what, when you describe that healing, that there's something just really weird uh, about it that I don't think is coming from God, you know. So I, I think we just need to be really cautious and prayerful. Not just to be really wise in our hearts and how we deal with that. Jane. I was just going to comment when I was in school, I was somewhat involved with the double blessing movement that came from self background. And I've been confronted with people saying, um, and sort of working with people, they ask, do you draw upon a higher spiritual being? And a part of what they do is they are used as a vessel, as a vessel for Christ, they are being a vessel. And it's the energy that comes through them that does their healing. And they don't take the credit, they give the credit to the higher body. And with the new holistic health that's coming in, they're drawing on holistic, recognizing that humans do have a spiritual being, but they're not drawing to Christ. Yeah. And if you're not for Jesus, you're against him, I think, in the in this realm, you know. Yeah. Yes. I'm just dying to say that first John four one Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, so we are not many false prophets are gone out of this world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which we have heard the coming of which is now already in the world. The thing you say is confessing that you men can do it, we can do it. That's not confessing Jesus Christ in the center and the center of the glory. It's not on. Yeah. It may seem as simple as it may appear that they may see the symptoms that they appear to the they have the spirit. Yeah. That's a good verse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to study the truth. We need to study the truth. We need to study the truth. 
Yes. Yes. Debbie said that when counterfeiters study, uh, you know, to spot money, they don't study the counterfeit. They kind of they study the real thing, and then that gives them the ability to spot the counterfeit. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I don't understand fully all the things that happen to us as human beings. I've had deja vu experiences, as probably most of us have. I'm not willing to say that's occult, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's probably a part of being a human being, and unless it gets into a harassment and you know bondage kind of thing, I don't think it's a serious, serious matter. You know, it's just like dreams. You know, we're we're created to dream. You know, and some of us have good dreams, some of us have bad dreams. Um, there's probably some reasons for that. That you know that we need ministry, if we, especially if we have a lot of bad, unsettling dreams. But to dream is is uh, is part of being a human being, and uh, see again, we want to stay on the right balance. We don't want to we don't want to get out in this end that everything is the devil. We start all oh, the dreams and see we, we can get kind of weird and unrealistic, which says we need to try to keep a scriptural balance. Okay, yes. No, uh, the, the guy next to you. The last couple of years, I go to Eastern, and they brought in the Catholic uh, searchers. They brought in a palm readers. You know, I don't know what you call them, but uh, they bring people in and it attracts a lot of people. And they're all the way to find out how personal this and stuff. How would you deal with that? I mean, would you confront satanic forces around that? Would you open there and stand around there and pray? Or would you confront that? Or media or whoever? Good, good, good question. I, I think, first of all, we need to call the church to prayer and fasting because we're not fighting against. See, the fortune teller is not the enemy. Satan is the enemy. So we need to pray and and and, and pray confusion. I, be, I believe that, that we can come to the place where where these folks come into town with this occult power that they can't operate. You know, I think if, if, if we can come to the place of fighting the spiritual battle, that the powers of darkness can be routed and the fortune teller comes and <laughs> I don't know what's wrong, but I'm not getting anything there. In fact, that I, I heard of a, of a ministry where that happened. Some Christians went to a meeting where this kind of occult thing was going on and, and the guy was just, you know, getting ready to go and he just was all troubled, just couldn't get going. Finally, he said, um, well, there's something wrong here tonight. He says, is there any Christians here tonight? These people raised their hand. He says, that's why I can't do anything. Are you praying? And, he, and this, they got into this whole public thing. See, if powers of darkness, he could not operate because of the prayer that was going up. So I, I, I would I would say there's got to be prayer and fasting. And then secondly, I would talk to people and, and, and show them what they're getting into. That this is not just an innocent thing, but they're dealing with a demonic, devilish world that will enslave them. And that's why God said, don't do it. See, God, God's not against having fun. God's not against us having supernatural information, but God the Father wants to protect us from that which would destroy us. And the powers of darkness are out to destroy at, at, at any point that they can. 
Thank you for listening to the Dick Schroeder Podcast. For more teaching and discipleship resources from Dick, visit fatherheartministries.net.